I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Happy Friday, September the freaking 18th, baby, 2020. I am Stephen Mielhausen, Sporting News and His Own. Daryl Rivera will be joining me in a few short moments. Wow, what a, what a day, what a week. It's good to be back. Sorry we weren't on Wednesday. My little guy got in a got in a little accident, so I had to had to take care of him before I could go do anything else. So, but he is okay, thankfully. He is okay. The one thing I've learned: my oldest is four years old. And man, he was a lot easier than this one. And he's 15 months. And I'm like, oh man, this kid's killing me. But I love him. I think he's great. And he is absolutely amazing. But welcome to the Walkway to Fight Club. I am Stephen Mielhausen of Writer for Sporting News and The Zone. Thank you, everyone that's been subscribing. It means a lot. It is so freaking greatly appreciated. You guys have no idea how much it means to me. You really don't. So I went from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. It means a ton. Man, Twitter's messing up here. But no, it means a ton. And you guys got no idea how much it means. So for that, I thank you. A lot of new subscribers. A lot of people watching on Facebook. A lot of people watching on YouTube. Getting subscribers up on YouTube. Getting a little bit of an uptick on the likes and the followers. So thank you so much. It means a lot. It's good to be back. I've missed you guys. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple. Do what you guys have been doing. Tell your friends, tell everybody, hit that dang subscribe button. Just hit it. Boom. Subscribe. Where do you have thumbs up? Boom. There's a thumbs up. You even want to do it better. If you're on Facebook, 
watching Facebook Live, hit that reaction. Good, bad, thumbs up. Give me a thumbs up. Go and give me a thumbs down. Do that too. If you're angry with me today, say why you're angry with me today. If you want to give me a ha ha ha, like my Dallas Cowboys this past Sunday, you can do that as well. But follow the page. Follow the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. Hey, there's a thumbs up. Thank you. Whoever did that, thank you. I love you. Give me a thumbs up. Follow the Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook and also give it a like as well. We're trekking up. I'm moving up a little bit. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Already comment. You guys must have missed me. Because I sure and tell missed you. Don't forget, this also be up on audio. We got a, some cool audio coming up. Coming up tomorrow. I got some special Saturday stuff for you guys. The podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Subscribe, rate, download, leave a comment, give, give the five star ratings to the podcast. It really does mean a lot. And it is greatly appreciated. So thank you so much. We will start with my, just my over, is Daryl Rivera join us in a few, in a little bit. An intriguing SmackDown. I thought this first hour SmackDown sucked. It was awful. It was one of the worst first hours. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're hitting, going towards a, a crappy show. After we've had some really good SmackDowns the last, I would say, four weeks. Three, four weeks. I think we've had some really, really, really good shows. I'm watching this first hour. I want to take a nap. I'm like, my goodness. I'm ready to snooze. I need it. I was ready to say we're not podcasting tonight. I forget that. I don't want to talk about crap. I don't want to be down. But. But. You know what? That second hour. Soon as they hit the bump. When they just highlighted the Reigns Uso program. Went into the stuff with Sasha Banks and Bailey. From there. Through to the end of the show. SmackDown gets a B tonight. How do you grade SmackDown? Do you give it an A? Do you give it a B? Do you give it a C? Do you give it a D? Do you give it an F? Or we can even go this route, guys. We could go with an incomplete. What do you guys think? I have to give it, if you, I'm going by the first hour. It got, I will go with a D minus. It will get a 60%. Why? Because they at least had ear to show and Michael Cole wasn't in as, as annoying as usual. I will be fair that Cole wasn't that annoying tonight. Not as annoying as he usually is. But that second hour was really good. And that was like an A++ in my mind. Just because, to me, the key stuff that made sense, the key stuff that they're focusing on was fantastic. 
a great job by Roman Reigns, a great job by Paul Heyman, a great job by Jey Uso, a great job by Bailey, and a great job by Sasha Banks. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for the key stuff to hit. That's exactly what you're looking for. And they did that tonight. I was surprised they did that. Because usually knowing WWE, they go one hour is, when the first hour is bad, the rest of the show is usually a shit show. That didn't happen tonight. They, they surprised me. And I have to give them credit for that. Man, we got to see. Well, man, I got to look at these comments. Right? Man, you guys are just. Welcome, Steve. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. Damn, well, you're welcome, Richard. Welcome, my friend. Matt Ward. Okay, we got to. Richard McPhee gives the show a plus. Richard, why do you give it a C, my friend? Please tell me why you give it a C. Matt Ward has a grade. As my internet is freezing here, I do apologize. Uh-oh. We have a problem here. I am frozen. Here, man, what's going on here? Let's see. Let's... Hello. Hello. Okay, we're just on a little bit of a lag. Return was epic, I'd say. In the return of Biggie, how do I? All right, hold on. We need to. I don't know what's going on. What's going on here? Give me one second. Give me your thoughts on Friday Night SmackDown tonight. Give it an A. Give it a B. Give it a C. Give it a D. Or do you give it an F? I gotta. I, I'm still giving it a B. Matt, I agree with Matt Ward. Matt Ward, they get a C tonight. My good now. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. It's kind of hard here. Kind of difficult. Okay. All right, let's. Start with the big stuff. The Roman Reigns, Jey Uso title program. I have, I've, I've really had my doubts. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie at all to you guys. I wasn't too convinced when the WWE went with went this route. I didn't figure why. Why are we going this route? You could have went the route of Big E. 
He could have went the route of Sheamus. I personally would have went the route of Matt Riddle. I don't think like, oh, you're riding the Riddle bandwagon. I'm really not. I'm just using common sense. But they decided to go with Jay Uso, and you know what? It's actually turned out to be pretty good. It's just because I don't know if it's because Jay Uso is just playing the dummy. I don't know if I don't want to call Jay Uso a dummy. I really don't. I just didn't think he had a sing the singles vibe in him. I think if that is the correct, if that's the correct verbiage to use, but I will give Jay Uso credit. He's look great. He's just playing this happy go lucky guy. Who's the cousin of the big dog. And he's getting a shot at the universal title. He's like a freaking kid in the damn candy store. And I have no problem with that. It's like he's playing the naive family member who who just wants to have a good match with his cousin and wants to walk out and wants to win the universal title. But then you have the cousin. Then you have, no pun intended, you have the champion, the big dog, who's looking at it like, I wanted him in the match because he'd be the easiest person to beat. When in, as, when in turn, Jey Uso's looked really good, which has seemed to surprise Big Cousin. And then it's turned into, you can see the disdain. You can see it's eating a hole in him that he hasn't kicked his ass yet and just turned on him. But he knows he's blood, the Samoan heritage. You don't turn on your family. He hasn't done that. And you could see, and I was shocked. He came out to begin the match. Yeah, he cut the promo, but I was like, wasn't expecting that. I'm like, okay. At first, I was sad. I'm like, oh, man, because I, I really enjoyed what they've been doing with Roman and him not coming out until the end. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I love what they're doing here. This is great. But then he came out. So he's going to run through everybody. They went to commercial. Uso came out, and then, then they went off on their merry way. But I'm, I'm like, okay, okay, I see what they're doing. And the match was what the match was. I'm shocked Reigns took that much of an attack. I really would have had him run and rogue shot over everybody. I was admittedly surprised by that. I wouldn't have gone that route, but that's not me. I would have kept him extremely strong, which they didn't do. So that was a little bit of a shock, but I was like, all right, okay, let's, I'm willing to give it a chance. Okay. Let's see what you're going to do. And well, sorry there guys. And 
the match actually turned out to be pretty good. Better than I thought. And the right team won. And I thought that in the ending was very crazy. I didn't like the fact that Reigns almost took power spots. He went into the steps. He got hit with the face with a chair. Wasn't really the biggest fan of that. I liked what he got when he got the comeback, though. I like how he got rid of Sheamus. I like the spear through the barricade. That was really cool. I thought that was well done. Got back into the room, Corbin. And I like that little thing where you went to grab the scepter. Jey Uso went, hit him with the belt. I was like, okay. Okay, I see where you're going, Jey Uso. Spear. Uso hits the splash from the top. And you could see Reigns like, well, okay. His timing's there. Okay. Okay, cousin. And he just kind of looked like, in sh- it was like a shock slash disdain to me to get the pin. When he saw Jay getting the pin, I'm like, okay. I like what they were doing there. And then you can just see the look. And you couldn't, I like when you, when you have to think, cause you're trying to figure out what he's, what they're, what he's thinking there. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was good. And then like, he has the belt and he was going to act like he was going to raise it up. But I, I just love that. Cause then he's like, nah, and he throws it back to Roman. Throws about the Roman. You could tell Roman was pissed. It's like, how dare you a touch my title. And then you toss it to me like a pile of garbage. Like it's nothing. I love that. And then like they're hugging and then Uso's like, ah, ah, ah. He's like, he's like a happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he's hugging Roman. They're both smiling and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the ass whooping. We didn't get the ass whooping. Yeah, Roman's still smiling. And those teeth are terrible. <laughs> it's horribly white. Those are awful. I've never seen worse teeth. <laughs> they are fucking horrendous. And as soon as Uso turned his back, Paul Heyman walked into the ring. He's smiling, and then you can see it turns into a scowl. There's like this disdain of like, I want to go and I want to beat your ass. And he gives that little side eye to Heyman. I loved it. Everything about that was fucking great. The facial expressions is what's selling this here. And then Uso's just walking, oh yeah. Jay freaking so and happy as can be and the fact that he's the universal champion and the nuggets losing to the Lakers the Lakers 70 to 59 the Lakers taking care of business here but I have to admit I will eat some damn crow. Jey Uso is impressing me in this program. 
I still wouldn't have gone this route. But Dave and I will, and I hate giving Bruce Pritchard any credits. I think he's archaic, and I think he's out of touch. The same thing with Vince McMahon. But I will admit, this program has me intrigued because I'm giving the give the credit to Heyman. We know he, Pritchard's archaic. We know he's got his lips stapled to Vince McMahon's ass and only writes for Vince. And Vince is an idiot. Sorry, he's a moron. This has got Paul Heyman's hands written all over. And if you don't, if you disagree with me on that, be free to leave a comment. I would appreciate if you do. I would love to spar with somebody who wants to disagree with me on this. Hey, God, I love you guys. But no, it's how would you grade this title program so far? I know we still got one more show, and then we got the match at Clash of Champions. But I have to give credit where credit is due right now. I have to give this program an A. I really, really do. I think they've done remarkably, have done a good job when this program had no reason doing a good job whatsoever. But I've come away very, very impressed with what they have done to this point. Can it continue next week? Can the match be good at Clash of Champions? I don't know. I don't have enough faith in them to do that, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Because they always tend to screw it up. But heck, every blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. But no, the program is like, we know the title program isn't going to, we know the title isn't going to change. We should know where this destination is going. But I want to know if they can keep this momentum going. But now they've made Uso look strong, but I'm still not a believer. You got, they haven't done of why I want, why do I want to see the match? They made Uso look strong, look good tonight. He's looked solid in this last couple of weeks. But how can you convince me now that he's going to beat Roman Reigns and become the universal champion? You need to give me that final hook. You have to give me the reason. And here he is. I think he's here. I think yeah. I see him. Hey, the sexiest Puerto Rican in combat sports. D.Y. Daryl Rivera is in the house, and we'll just jump right into it, Daryl. We're talking about we're finishing up thoughts on this program. And after hearing about SmackDown, seeing SmackDown, and everything in between, the program has been good. But are you convinced yet? That Jay, in any way, shape, or form, that Jay Uso can beat Roman Reigns and give you that belief he can beat Reigns to become the Universal Champion? No. No, just because I'm, and I briefly read what happened, and the way they're booking him is good. They're booking him to look like a strong, like contender. Yeah. So and so, but the realistic fan in me. 
and I kind of history tells us Reigns doesn't is not going to lose a title in his first defense back. It's not happening, no. especially not to somebody that just got off the tag team division and came out of nowhere just because he's Roman Reigns' cousin. I hope they don't book a screwy finish, personally. I hope it's just a dominant win by Reigns to establish him even more. But I don't see Jey Uso as a credible threat for the Universal title. You know, and this has been my issue with this program to begin with, is it came out of nowhere, and Uso had no believability. Like, they've made him strong. Like, they've booked him good in the essence of he's wrestling. Because he's always been a good he's always been a good wrestler. But now he's getting to show that. His promos have been fine. I wish they'd be a little better, not as hokey. But that's who he is. He is who he is. But, like, I like the, like the little nuance tonight of, like, feigning holding the belt. Like, going to raise the belt and then tosses it to Roman. Like, his timing of saving Roman from getting hit by the scepter and then hitting the perfect timing with the splash for the pin and the pin on Baron Corbin to get the win. And, like, the timing is good. All of that is good. But I still don't have a, re- a reason why I want to watch the match. Why? How is Jey Uso going to win? I, I still don't believe he's going to win. Playing the cousin versus cousin angle, okay, it's cool, you know, in its own way, but it's not, you're not making it a main event program. That's more, you're making that more, it's more mid card. I see US title type of TNT title. We're going to talk situation like that. Yeah. They need to do something next week because they only got one show left. So you have to – he's got to look strong next week because the way that show ended, Roman Reigns is pissed. He's ready to beat his ass. Is Jey Uso smart enough to know that? Did he look at the Titantron and notice that when his back was turned to his cousin while he's walking up the ramp? He's got to do something to Roman. To make people believe. Because right now, I don't. You don't. It was too soon. Like the like I said, they're booking him right. It's just, it came out of nowhere. It doesn't have enough time to build it to a credible threat. That's the biggest thing. You only, you made an angle that could be worth, that could take maybe six to eight weeks to build. And you're trying to build it in a couple. And that's why it's 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 not getting built. Like, the way they're doing it is fine. You're making Jey Uso look like a, you know, like a credible threat at some points. But at the same time, the casual fan or the hardcore fan knows he's a tag team guy. Where did he come from? Why is he getting this push? That type of thing. When you have credible singles competitors like, Hardy, Styles, Cor- even I'll even put Corbin in there since he's mega heel. That type of stuff. Sheamus. Sheamus, in my opinion, deserves a better run than, than Uso. Get the hell out of here. You're, you, it's, you've been on like three minutes. And you got me mad already. Sheamus? Yep. I'll take maybe, Sheamus over Jey Uso. Maybe in 2010? 2011? 
Give him one last run. You already gave Mickey James a title match. Might as well give it to Sheamus too. So we can see just as bad as a match as we saw on Monday. Roman Reigns can work a match with Sheamus. Asuka's a better hand than Roman Reigns. G-T-F-O-H, Rivera. I'm just saying you you have a better – build-wise, you have a better program that you can build with Sheamus and Jey Uso. Jey Uso, it should have taken you at least two months to build. Sheamus, you could have gone straight off the bat. You know what? This could be a squash match. Bury him. It is what it is. On to the next guy. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that Roman Reigns for shame is going to be a barn burner by any means of the word. Because it oh, won't. Now, you're back, now you're backtracking here. I'm not backtracking. You were backtracking. I'm saying because out of the two between Jey Uso and Sheamus, Jey Uso is a more talented wrestler. I will go on that one. But right go. now. That's the only thing you've said so far. Yeah, but that's what I've been trying to say. Right now, what I would, what I would have booked – is go because Roman Reigns didn't go full heel. Everybody's like, oh, he's heel, he's heel. But it's not something that he's like, he didn't beat the hell out of somebody to turn heel. He's just like, hey, I'm done playing around. I'm beating everyone's ass. Go Sheamus, squash him, and then you can build the Jey Uso program. By building it the way that they did, they only had two to three weeks to build when it's a program that should have taken you six to eight weeks to build. Add that that momentum onto Jey Uso as a as a singles threat, as opposed to three weeks, and nobody's going to have any belief in him that he's going to win in Clash of Champions. You can have a fluke win, but what's this going to get you? It's going to bring Roman down. It's going to bump up ratings, sure, but at the end of the day, it's just keeping you at the same spot. That's all I was trying to say. You go with a squash rivalry first, then you go to the long build storyline why didn't you just say that to begin with instead of talking instead of talking instead of saying you'd rather see Sheamus and then saying Roman Reigns is better than Asuka I did not say that Roman Reigns is better than Asuka I said if you hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on you're putting no 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 here's what I said here's here's what I said Here's what I said. I said, I said, Roman, if Mickey James got a title shot, might as well give it to a veteran like Sheamus too. Because Asuka no. needed no hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you before you get going. All I'm saying <laughs> is that the veteran Mickey James job was to what? Make Asuka look good like a credible champion. I that was her job. I don't hold know what in that match. She looked awful. And, but at the same time, it was built. It was built for what? For the purpose of giving Asuka a title defense, because they had nobody it. else. They had well, nobody well, else. Whose fault is that? You can blame the seventy-four-year-old man that's sitting in the chair. That's fine. But you at the same time, Bianca. you could have went with Bianca Belair. You could have went with Zelina Vega. You could have went with freaking Nia Jax. For all I care, she's on a tag title thing right now. You still could have put her in there because the goal is Baszler and Asuka. That's what they're going to lead into going into the fall. Which is fine. But all I'm saying is they booked Mickey James for what? Ratings. Nostalgia factor. Hey, legend. Get out of cool. here. 
Dude, you know exactly why they build her in there. You know exactly why they did it. Get the hell out of here with it. Where's my thing for my for my coconut water? How dare you? The fans want to see my White Sox thing, and now I'm you got me all mad. Got me all riled up. All right. And I could get like this. You want to know why, Daryl? I was in a good mood all day. Because I'm home alone. I'm home alone. As much as I miss my kids and my wife. So I can be a little more voiceless tonight. And right now, you're just talking hogwash. Come on, Steve. You know it makes sense oh, to do that. God. It makes sense oh. to do that. I never said at any point that Asuka was an inferior wrestler to the Roman Reigns. I never said that. I said that if you're going to give Mickey James a title shot, might as well do it the same thing with Sheamus because you need to make Roman Reigns look like a strong heel. Somebody that can get the job done. That's what you wanted to do. The fact that Mickey James – that was the purpose of Mickey James. That was the purpose. What happened is the cluster clusterfuck that we got on Monday Night Raw. That's a well, different referee, story. That wasn't supposed well, to happen. Well, the referee – well, the match sucked. The match yeah. was made worse the referee fucked up. Exactly. So that the fact you can pin it on Mickey James, but the the goal of that match that was not accomplished was for Mickey James and Oscar to make Oscar look look strong. The fact that Mickey James came out the way that she did, you can clearly tell that it was not expected by anybody involved. Now, what I'm trying to say is that they should have gone to another rivalry like Sheamus and leave the Jey Uso storyline for something that you have a longer term to build. That's all I'm saying. At no point did I say that Roman Reigns was a better wrestler than Asuka, because in no world, not this one, not Mars, not the next one, no world is Roman Reigns better than Asuka at wrestling. No chance. What I was trying to say is, booking-wise, Sheamus made more sense, or anybody else... That could have gotten squashed at Clash of Champions and could take the hit. Somebody like Sheamus can take that hit because that's all he is. He's a veteran that's going to get squashed. He's going to put talent over. That's but all the, I'm saying. But the problem with Sheamus is it's the same old crap. No one wants to see that. You might as well go with Jey Uso if your best option is Sheamus. I'm sorry. The same thing with Mickey James. If you, okay. I can under maybe you. I will give you this. You're right about Mickey James. I hope that's the last time I see her in a title match because she was she was awful. The match just sucked. But if you can't come up with something better than and this isn't you, this is. But if our best option at this point is Sheamus, that shows the inadequacy of WWE. Yeah, and I wasn't saying Sheamus specifically. I said guys like a Sheamus, yeah. like a Baron Corbin. I like got even guy who we're tired of seeing face Roman Reigns. I, exactly. I know I can... and, and Matt Ward here brought up a good name. Shorty G would have been a good one. I saw that. No, man, let's get to that, actually. I want to give Matt props for that because I, yeah. I did see that. I'll bring that up here. Because that's a good name, too. But, see, I love Chad Gable. And the fact that I even, we even called him Shorty G is a, is a disgrace to all three of us. I hate that name, yeah. I hate that name. The name is god awful. 
and I have to say this because it agrees with my point. And Richard McPhee, you are right, my friend. Mickey James is nothing more than hot garbage now. Hot garbage. She's 40. And this isn't because she's old, but she's 41. Don't get me wrong. She looks great. She's had some good matches. But I think the time is done for good old Mickey. I don't need to see her in any hopeful. But knowing WWE, we're going to see on Monday a title match between Asuka because that's just what WWE does. Now, let's get to the the other good part of the show here. Now, when the WWE advertised the return of Sasha Banks on Sunday, which I have to give credit for, it was done during football. They did voiceovers. That was great. Now, they tugged at their emotions because it was like, why is she already coming back? But the way they did it, they had her not in the Thunderdome. They had her at the PC. And you could tell she was at the PC. You could tell by all the warehouse garbage and everything in between. And talking about what happened. I like the fact she was in a neck brace. I, I'll start there. I thought that was well done. They recapped the attack. She got, it, yes, we always talk about that, D.Y. We always talk about those little things. Spot on, my friend. Talking about the friendship with Bailey. Brought up the fact that Bailey said last week that Banks was using her and that she was useless. Then I like how she went into like the whole... We started together at the PC. We were we vowed we would take over WWE together. We were on our way to doing that. And then she got mad and called her an idiot. And said, you, Bailey, are nothing without me. I helped you become Becky Dose Belts. And I got Bailey Dose Belts. God, I'm thinking about Becky Lynch. I wish she was back. She promised to take away the SmackDown Women's Championship because it's the only thing Bailey cares about. And then, boom! Hit her ass with a chair, Rivera. Beat her ass again with the chair. Placed her head in the chair. But she did it around too many people because the WWE officials came. They broke it up. Bailey walked off. Great job here by WWE. Great job by Bailey. Great promo by Sasha Banks. Man, those two are on hitting every cylinder right now. I wasn't too enthused about the return, Daryl, but the way they went about it was: you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're not gonna be near her. You're gonna be in another building. You're going to wear the neck brace. You're going to cut the promo. You're going to cut the sympathetic baby face promo. And then here comes the heel out of nowhere and beats her ass. It beats your ass again. Well done. Very well done. And like I said, I didn't see the, I didn't see the, I didn't see the promo yet. That's something I'm going to watch as soon as this uh, podcast is over, but I did skim through it. Did see what, what had happened. And it's just, just booking one-on-one people. This is how you book a long-term friendship rivalry that's waiting to happen. You make it the biggest deal on the show, 
And not only that, you make people want more. The fact that you had it on two different buildings, the fact that you had Bailey attack her again, now you now I want to see more. I want to see what she's going to respond with. This build is I'm hoping they take it all the way to Mania. Because this is a Mania worthy rivalry. This is if we could repeat an Iron Woman match between Bailey and Sasha, a rematch for that. I will love that more than anything on that card. I'm in. Take my I'm money. In. You already take it with the you streaming service, bro. You, can... <laughs> you already take my nine ninety nine every month. <laughs> only nine ninety nine. I think it's okay. It's only nine ninety nine. I could be. It could be a lot worse. It could be a yeah. lot worse. I know. It could be, but it's a good deal. You know. Oh no! For for what they offer, I, I, I don't like, I don't like giving them credit much. But they're doing this right, and I got it. I would go. With, I agree with you. You have to push this all the way, as far as you can. You can't go like Hell in a Cell or Survivor Series, and you can go through challengers here. You can like you're going Nikki Cross this month. You can go Alexa. You the you can maybe you can even have Nikki win the damn title. Have Bailey win it back? Do a hell in the cell? Do you, there's different ways you can go about this here to where if you do this at hell in the cell, because a lot of people have brought this up to me, and I'm like, that's where you end the feud. Or you like the Iron Iron Woman match. You can't go with this program coming right out. You can't blow your load, as they say, all in one take. Extend this as long as you can. It's a WrestleMania worthy program. I wouldn't have Banks come back now. I don't want to see her for a month. I don't want to see her till after. How I don't want to see her till like Survivor Series. I don't want to see her until Royal Rumble. Real quick, got a lot of people jumping in. A lot of people jumping out. If you're watching, watching via YouTube, or even if we have a YouTube channel, the Walkway to Fight Club YouTube channel. Just hit that subscribe button. We got a lot of subscribers in the last week or so. Hit that subscribe button and like the video and give it an old thumbs up. Watching via Facebook Live, live it's simple. Got a couple reactions. Give a reaction to the video. Give us a thumbs up. Tell us how you feel about the video. Like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page and also follow the page as well. And leave a question or comment. We got a ton we're going to read. We will read them at the end of the show. But no, no. The earliest I would go with Survivor Series, ideally it would be the Rumble. But this, we know how this company runs. They don't have much patience. They don't know how to. It seems like they've forgotten how to do long-term storylines. I still think it can be done in 2020. You just AEW's proven you can do it. If one company can do it with no writers, a company with 40 should be able to do it. I'm sorry. They should. There, there's no excuse for that. There's not. And anyone that says, oh, well, you know, they got 40. It's not hard. If a team of no writers and people that have never done it before can do it, so can they. And that To me, that just makes no sense. I hope, I hope they hold off to the rumble. I just honestly think they don't have 
the wherewithal, the new. They don't have the patience. They Vince doesn't anymore, and I don't know why. I think fans would get in. That's how you give you give the fans a reason to watch. They just don't have the patience to do that shit, and I don't know why. All right, let's kick off. And this show couldn't. And I said this, Daryl, before you came on. This show started out horrible. Started out with the dirt sheet. And usually when you get Miz and Morrison doing this show, I'm usually all in. But this was awful. It started off using Howard Finkel's, Finkel's voice announcing it, which I thought was cool. I'm like, all right, okay. You got me here. But then they started doing this, this little game of nonsense. Miz says he's not playing mind games with Otis. He didn't use his influence for revenge, sending Mandy Rose to Raw. Said he's been in Otis's shoes before and understands the pressures of having the money in the bank briefcase. So that's why he sent Mandy away. So you, Otis, can focus on the money in the bank briefcase and the perfect time to cash in to become the universal champion. Otis is heartbroken, but you'll get over it, Otis. You'll see Mandy someday. And then, this was the line of the segment. This line, it, while good, didn't change my mind about the segment. Miz and Morrison were like, well, you know, we've heard there's already guys in the back on Raw wanting to take the bloom off of Rose. And here came Otis trucking. Cleaned some house. Gave the worm the Miz, the Vader bomb. And he ripped. Then I'm thinking, okay, this segment's over. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But then, you know Vince McMahon, he likes dirty humor. He rips off the Miz's clothes, and we found out tonight the Miz wears tidy whities I said it, and I wrote it in my notes. tidy whities I laughed. The segment still sucked. But Miz and his tidy whities I got He's like trying to cover up with his clothes. I'm like... This pro, this segment was awful. And then he went to the sophomore humor. I don't know why in 2020 I still find that funny. Sorry about that. I find that funny, but the segment was still bad. But at least they left on kind of a, kind of a high note. I'm, I'm. They need to if they're gonna take. They need to get Otis out of this rivalry asap. Like, oh, oh, there's more. This wasn't the last time we seen Otis in the Miz tonight. Oh, God. So, save, your, save your comments, my friend, because it gets a lot worse. First, Matt. End was actually okay. Still a bad way to start the show. So I'm thinking, okay, this show is just not going well. Grand Metalik and Cesaro started off on fire. Grand Metalik's hitting Hurricanes all over the place. He's looking awesome. Before I even keep going, there is a little something I noticed when Cesaro was walking out and he walked out. Nakamura was with him. And Nakamura is the only person I've seen do this. He is wearing a mask. Hey, I don't see no cameraman wearing masks. Announcer isn't, uh, ring announcer isn't wearing one. But that's for here and there. You will never learn. Looking awesome. Hit a send. Then 
Lindsay Dorado and uh, Kalisto are arguing, trying to give direction to Metal League. Do this. He was going for kind of, I don't know what he was getting ready to jump from the apron onto the top rope. And they're going like trying to give him direction. The referee kicks them out. I was like, what the hell? So him and Cesaro were battling. Then a beautiful senton onto the floor, onto Cesaro. And of course, when we see a great move, WWE goes to break. And then they did something that made no whole first hour. This is why it sucked. They come back to commercial. Cesaro already had gained the heat back. They say Nakamura helped Cesaro gain an advantage. Did not show the video of what happened. Moments later, Cesaro hit the gotch pile driver for the one, two, three. First half of the match, I got to admit, was pretty solid. Some good back and forth action. And then just the finish came out of nowhere. What You could have done a picture in picture. You could have done something to show what Nakamura was going to do to Metal League. I thought that was a little hokey. Yeah. I thought kind of just an abrupt ending. Like, if you're going to show stuff, if stuff's going to happen during the break and there's only going to be like another 90 seconds into the match when you come back, at least show what the hell happened. Kayla Braxton. Kayla Braxton was looking good tonight, by the way. Whew. Had like a little bun going. Yeah. Wasn't bad tonight. She was looking pretty fun. Show last, Shinryung Jey Uso, showing highlights from the main event from last week. Said Uso. So Kayla asked what happened. Uso said, Paul, not Roman Reigns, but Paul Heyman told him that there was a miscommunication. Said he can worry about all that later. Worry, worry about it, and they'll settle that at Clash Champions. But tonight, Aaron Corbin and Sheamus, you're going to the Uso penitentiary at the end he got serious. i want to see him cut a serious promo because i want to see how good jay uso can be cutting a serious promo i don't i'm i don't need the camp i want to see him be serious hopefully we get that next week because i need a some type of hook of why i want to see him of why he's he can beat roman reigns and become the universal champion uh, badness kept on coming. Oh, Matt Riddle. So they're showing highlights of Matt Riddle. I'm thinking, okay, Riddle's going to be like in a squash. He's going to just wipe the tar off of somebody. We get a segment called Know Your Bro. Oh, God. I'm not kidding. I'll say it one more time because we got a lot of people jumping in here. No. Your bro. And this was just as bad as the title sounds. Now, I will give Matt Riddle this. Matt Riddle tried hard to make the best of this bad situation. He was saying the word bro using different emotions. He was sad, serious, angry. It was bad. Someone... I'm a big fan of Matt Riddle. But I went on Twitter, what the hell are they doing with Matt Riddle? Someone from WWE texted me and told me and said to me, I don't know what the hell they were doing with Matt. I don't know. And I just put it, I just shrugged. That's, that's, I can't, I could just. 
I could just hear Vince just going, just constantly going, it's good shit. It's going to be good shit. It's going to be fun shit. Riddle. He loves Matt Riddle. Say he is bro. a he is on a, he's a real fan, and I will say, and I know people are like, oh, you know, he's getting me. Don't get me wrong. This was crap. I'm going to sit and say it's not. I have hated how they've used Matt Riddle. Beyond the first, like, two weeks, I've hated everything they've done with Matt because I think he's getting vastly underutilized. But this was bad. But I will say this, and this is not defending it at all because it was still horseshit. At least he's on TV. I will hold out hope. For Matt Riddle. This is when the show picked, started to pick up just a tad. And this is kind of when things started looking better. We got a moment of bliss with Nikki Cross. Bliss told her, how can you beat Bailey? You feuded, had feuded with her all summer and you lost. You haven't beat her in over a year. And then Nikki Cross is like, well, why are you being like that? You're my friend. And Bliss is like, well, I'm just being honest. That's what friends are. Friends are being honest, honest with each other. And then the, the, I liked this because this is when Nikki Cross really got me hooked and got me excited for the match. She goes with it. Sasha Banks gone. She can give Bailey the beating she deserves. There's no Sasha. Sasha was helping her beat me. Now the fact that she got rid of Sasha. I can now beat Bailey and I can become the next SmackDown women's champion. She was intense, stared right into the camera, and made me believe. That's what you need out of these promos. Give the challenger some credibility. Yep. It was simple. Hey, your sidekick is gone. You're vulnerable. You're not as good without her. I'm going to beat your ass at Clash of Champions, and I'm going to become the next women's champion. Well done. Well done. Then, yeah, I thought it was done. I'm thinking, okay, you're not even going to bring up the sister Abigail. Then she brought it up. Asked Alexa what's going on with her. Why would you hit me with sister Abigail last week and just stare off into outer space? Bliss said, I can't explain it, but there's some type of change going on inside of me. Lacey Evans interrupts. Lacey Evans is back to being a heel, and I freaking love it. Yep. Hate Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is a baby face was awful. And I remember when I talked to her, Daryl, in I think sometime in April. And when I asked her, you could just tell, like, in the tone of her voice, it was like, I don't want to be a baby face. Because when she was starting to make that trans- slow turn to a baby, yeah. she more or less said, get me the hell out of this program. <laughs> I don't want to. That seems to be the majority mind, of the roster. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, this roster doesn't know how to make a baby face. I would demand to go back to being a heel. If you want to become a baby face, do not work for WWE. No. Unless you can just overcome like extremely shitty booking. Like Drew McIntyre has so far. Drew McIntyre and Edge have somehow. Somehow, I don't know how they have been able to overcome shitty booking. Um, Lacey interrupts, says, this Dr. Stills, Dr. Phil stuff has gone on for too long. Nikki Cross gets up, takes her handkerchief, 
and blows her nose in it. That was actually pretty funny because I've never, no one's ever done that to Lacey Evans. So I thought that was, I thought Nikki Cross looked strong in that, in those exchanges, in the promo and then the exchange with Lacey Evans. Then they had a match. Bliss was doing commentary. A funny thing before that match. She put, <laughs> she washed her hands with hand sanitizer. She had to, she had to this big bottle of hand sanitizer, which was well done. <laughs> Over protocols. Hand sanitizer. Do you have hand sanitizer, Daryl? Yeah. Fans. Oh, look at that, D.Y. Fans. Everyone watching. Do you guys have hand sanitizer in your house? I had, do not have any in my office. I got it upstairs. I mean, my office is in, in the dining room here. I mean, it's a small apartment, so anything is beyond reach. <laughs> I got booze behind me. I got masks. I got gloves. I got anything within reach. I got all of that stuff upstairs. Oh, my God, man. But, um, yeah, I got all that stuff upstairs. So, okay. Um, it's the hand sign <laughs> that thing cracked me up. Nicole asks if Alexa's doing okay. He keeps badgering her about it, which was really good because you can tell she's getting agitated. Graves Graves defended her. And Cole's like, maybe you keep badgering her about it, keeps cha- about her changing, and maybe she should explain to Nikki so she can focus on Bailey. It was really nothing. Lacey got the was getting the heat. Uh, Nikki fought back. Hit the stinger splash, threw a couple punches, hit a springboard monkey flip, hit the neckbreaker from the middle rope to get the pin. It was what it was. Nikki needed a win she so she can look strong going into the match with Bailey. It was a nothing match. It did, the match served its purpose. It was well done. Lacey rolled out, and she goes, she's looking at Cole, Graves, and Alexa, and Alexa's just like, just smiling, showing her pretty teeth. Oh, she was looking good today, too. And uh, where's the fiend? Then, like, she went into this trance, got up. Sister Abigail, Lacey out of her boots, stayed in the trance, and went to break. Well done. I really, Alexa Bliss is a hell of a character. She's one that doesn't get enough credit for how good she is. She's been doing a fantastic job. She's just not. I'm glad she's finally starting to get that credit for the work she's able to do. Because she's able to transition into a lot of different roles in terms of her character and does a great job all across the board. So I a job well done. Definitely. Alexa has always been like whatever what she lacks in the ring, she makes up for it and then some outside of it. Her mic skills, her promo work, her just like her character development has always been good yeah. where she lacks is obviously the in-ring work, but she makes up for it with all that stuff, that extra stuff. And that's, that's something that can happen. and can make you a good, you know, like a good attraction. And that's what made Alexa Bliss a good attraction. People wanted to see her outside of the ring. Now i got a question for you. Do you think, she's gotten better enough in the ring to make her more credible, or do you think she still has a lot to work on in terms of in-ring? I mean, she's gotten better, but it's still there's still room for improvement. But 
if something were to happen, like right now, you got to ride the hot hand with the title. Bailey, Sasha, those are the hot hands. If it wasn't them and we were looking at somebody else, if Alexa Bliss was a champ, I wouldn't be upset about it. Because she can yeah. cut that promo. When she was a champ and uh, trying to set up Nia Jax, trying to get her over, she did a great job of doing that. Nia Jax just dropped the ball when she finally got the opportunity. She's very good at setting up a baby face and making she's she's really good at being the heel to somebody else's baby face. And if she gets the title run, I wouldn't be mad about it. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't be she's a great character and she's only and she's only gotten better. Yeah. Um right before the top of the nine o'clock hour, Paul Heyman narrated a story. The story between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, and I thought it was well done. He was talking about how the how he came from the they came from the Annoy family, Peter Maivia, Wild Samoans, you know, Kishi, and then you know, him being the father to Jay and Jimmy, and Roman Reigns' father is Seiko of the Wild Samoans, saying they were there for Roman has won world championship after world championship. Uh, Jay is done okay. And won tag titles with the help of his brother. Just that little snarkiness there, I thought was really good. Said they all made, and he and Heyman ended with this, and I thought this line really stuck out. They all may feast. They may all feast at the same table, but there's only one high chief, and that's Roman Reigns. That was well done. Like if you're going to go the route of the video telling stories i'm cool with that because then it's showing that reigns is superior than uso and the cousin needs to prove he can do stuff on his own and they told the story i thought in the main event and then and I, I forgot all about this narration which leads to what happened in the main event so that's i thought that was well done and i they don't do a lot of those and the fact they did that i thought was really good right, we already went over the women's segment um, then they had AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. It was good to see Sami, Sami Zayn back in the ring. There was really nothing to the match. AJ had control of most of the match, which was quite a surprise. Um, Zayn rolled up Styles for a pin. He had the tights in the only, and of course, a WWE official had to see that he had the tights. Um, Zane rolled up, then Styles reversed, rolled up Zane for the pin, grabbed the tights as well. Zane claimed that Styles held onto the tights, but the ref denied the claim. Here came the Intercontinental Champion, Jeff Hardy. Took care of Styles and Zane with the ladder. Gave the twist of fate to both guys. Climbed the ladder, but Zane rolled out of the ring. And he told Styles and Zane, he challenged them to a a triple threat lighter match at Clash of Champions. Jeff Hardy looks strong, and it seems like we're going to get a lighter match, and we could, now Jeff Hardy's here for another couple of years, so why not put Jeff Hardy in a lighter match and have him hurt himself some more? Segment was fine. I mean, I'm the man, What we saw with Styles and Zayn was fine. It was good for how it lasted. I assumed it was going to be a non-finish, but I'm shocked they went with Styles pinning, pinning Zayn. But it was a controversial finish and grabbing a tights and so on and so forth. So I can go along with that. Hardy brings in the ladder. 
gets the heat. I can deal with that. I'm like, it is what it is. We knew we were getting that match anyway, so that really wasn't really wasn't the end of the universe. Now you know how we were you know how we were talking about we didn't hear the last of Otis and uh, the Miz. Oh God, are you excited, Daryl? You ready, fans? Are you ready? Otis and Tucker were hanging out in the locker room when Otis got served papers. He is Tucker explained to him that he's getting sued by the Miz and Morrison because he attacked them during the opening segment of the show. Money in the and the reason they're suing is because of money in the big negligence that the dirt sheet is a news program and therefore they have freedom of speech and are allowed to say what they want to say. Trying to get Otis to forfeit the money in the bank briefcase. Tucker told Otis he needs to find a lawyer. Otis noted they're in trouble, but Tucker's like, no, no, my friend, you are the only one in trouble. Then we go to the back. Now, what do you think there? Could we see? Is this the way they can get the money in the bank briefcase off of Otis? I mean, I think that they're booking themselves in their corner because how. How do you not? Nobody can figure out what the hell they're going to do with Otis. I can't see him as universal champion. I cannot. Can I see somebody like like Morrison or Miz? Maybe. Because they're they're heels. That's something I can see. They, you know, they're cowardly heels that can sneak in, win the title and leave. Otis, the way they're booking him, it's awful. Awful. They they haven't made him a credible threat. They keep making him in this these cookie cutter BS segments with Ms. and Morrison. Don't get me wrong, Ms. Morrison are great. Another tag team that should not be in a segment like this. I don't know what they're doing here. And it's hurting not only the money in the bank, it's hurting Otis's credibility to be champion at any point. And it's hurting Miss Morrison because they're stuck in a in a segment that won't end. They're stuck in a rivalry that it's not going to end. They can both do better. And here's here's where we're at. We got people getting sued in the WWE for attacking another person when people get attacked every week. But the money in the bank guy is getting sued just because WWE. I saw a comment somebody asking Bruce Pritchard you know, book something somehow. This has Bruce Pritchard's name all over it. All over it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it does. My God. I did ask it. I did ask that question. <laughs> I got a ha-ha-ha emoji. So I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I haven't gotten a response yet. In the back, Shane and Corbin are talking, discussing the Samoan street fight. The same security guard that helped out Sheamus a couple weeks ago when he attacked Big E let Sheamus know, hey, your car is about to get towed. Sheamus ran into his vehicle. Big E was sitting there waiting with a smile on his face. Sheamus ran off like as he should. So Big E beat the living shit out of this poor security guard, threw him into the Threw him into the steel fence, got him into the, got him on top of the hood of the car in a belly-to-belly suplex through the windshield. 
Adam Pierce came in, told Sheamus he had to go, and Big E was looking for Sheamus and said Sheamus is going to get his sooner rather than later. Good to see Big E. Imagine he'll feud with Sheamus for a little bit, which is fine. And a program like this, and I see this is where I have no problem with Sheamus. Because Sheamus should be the guy to give Big E good matches so he can get ready to be in the main events. Sheamus is a good guy for that. That's what I said earlier. A veteran that can people people over. But not for Roman Reigns. Not for the world champion. He should not be in a world champion program. No. A program like this, you have me. But in a main event program, upper mid card, okay, fine. Because he's a good, he's a good solid hand. He's got credibility. He's a former world champion. I can be down with that. But not being in a featured world championship program, absolutely not. But I think this is a good, this is a good start for Biggie. Good to see him back. And he showed the one thing he had been lacking, and I was wanting to see fire. Biggie showed a lot of fire tonight. I want to see more of that out of Big That was well done. Oh, and they showed the mysterious blonde woman getting ready. I can just ruin this right now. The mysterious woman's Carmella. They should just show her. Let's just get this done. It's Carmella. That's upsetting. Does anybody care? Why? Carmella's. Woo-hoo! Who'd you I had. I had hopes that it was going to be Kelly Kelly. Why? I don't know. It fits her get like that fits her gimmick. She's always been like, "Oh, hey, is it?" I have no. You have no what? I have no. I have no use for Kelly Kelly in twenty twenty. Again, I go back to Mickey James. You brought <laughs> Mickey James, and why not bring everybody else while you're at it? I don't need to see Kelly Kelly. She's not good in the ring. She's got awful. She's as bad as Ari- Ariane Andrew. Oh, God. I went there. Oh, yeah, I fucking went there. And we, and we are, and we already discussed. And we'll go over the main event real quickly just because we didn't really. We just t- kind of give a brief thing what happened. Um. Reigns came out first, cut a promo, saying he can he's gonna take care of he can um hold on. I was lost on my notes here. Hold on one second. I got my notes here. I Heyman went to speak. Roman Reigns reached out for the microphone. He came out first because he doesn't want there to be any misunderstanding. This is my yard and my island. I like the fact he says my – I wish he wouldn't have said the yard, but whatever. Um, they threw – Uso threw, came off the barricade onto Corbin, did a splash, and, of course, the camera missed it. Kevin Dunn's like the worst produ- worst per- director in the world. Corbin threw a chair <laughs> in his face. Reigns came back, but Shamans kicked Reigns into the steps. Then he was thrown over the announce table. Reigns then came back through and announced chair right at Sheamus. Or at, no, at Corbin. Sheamus attacked Reigns, tried for a white noise through the table. Reigns low bowed him with a then hit a Samoan drop. Going back and forth with Sheamus, put Sheamus through the barricade. Was down to Corbin and Reigns in the ring. Corbin went to get the spear. Uso hit him with the universal title. Reigns hit the spear. 
Immediately, Jay Uso with the splash. The one, two, three. The Samoans win the Samoan Street fight. The Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, and Jay Uso. Uso's all happy. Fane's holding up the title. Throws it back to Reigns, who's pissed off at the fact that he threw his title. Then they hugged. Reigns had this nice, beautiful smile and those horrible-looking white teeth. <laughs> for a while, I'm thinking, oh my god, please just beat his ass. He did not. Jay Uso walked off through the ring, smiling ear to ear. Reigns Heyman came into the ring. A smile turned into disdain and a growl and a snarl and a growl. The big dog is pissed. And it seems like he is gonna give Jay Uso his comeuppance next week. I thought what turned into a started out as a shit show turned into a pretty good SmackDown. Now, here's something that's going to piss people off. If it will click AEW, I'm waiting for people to get pissed at this one. You know what's happening. Supposed to show no bias. AEW Dynamite. The Wednesday Night Wars returned into the surprise of. Probably even in Stanford, nobody. AEW crushed NXT in the ratings. Dynamite averaged 886,000 viewers, while NXT averaged 689,000 viewers. AEW was down 12.8%, but also up 10% from the last time they went head to head with NXT. NXT was down 17.8% from running unopposed last Tuesday, but up 11% from the last head-to-head week on August the 12th. Dynamite finished third for the night in the 18, the key 18 to 49 demo with a 0.34. It's down 8.1% from last week, but up 6% from August 12th. NXT 0.18, finishing 31st, down 15% from last week, but up 12.5% from August 12th. AW won every demo except the people over 50 were NXT won with a 0.36 to AEW Dynamite's 0.32. AEW hit a 0.23 in women 18 to 49 to NXT's 0.13 and men 18 to 49. AEW doubled NXT with a 0.46 rating to NXT's 0.23. AEW was number one in the men 18 to 49 demo. And people 18 to 34, AEW had a huge advantage with a 0.24 rating to NXT's 0.10. AEW topped all of cable in that demo as well. And females 12 to 34, AEW had an advantage of 0.15 to 0.06. And males of the same group, AEW drew a 0.26 and NXT a 0.14. Another category, AEW led in all of cable. And then people 25 to 30, 25 to 54. AEW hit a 0.38 to NXT's 0.22. The combined audience for the evening, 1.575 million viewers, down 15.2% from last week, but up 11.6% from when they both were on the same night on August the 12th. While, yes, AEW crushed WWE. But the good news is, in the key demos, the ratings were the numbers were up for both shows, which is a good thing. So there is 
And I was wondering what the number I, – I, you hated to think, and this was just my thought. And it was from the Wrestling Observer, by the way. So people knew where I was reading that from. Because they do the best job of breaking that down. Three categories, AEW was number one. But remember, there was no NBA and no NHL playoffs. So I want that to be perfectly clear on that. But it's good news for AEW. They were number one in three different categories, Daryl. And I think it also shows maybe NXT needs to go to Tuesdays. Do you take that as – I looked at those numbers yesterday, and that was actually the first thought that came to my mind. I think it would be very beneficial for them. I imagine they don't like losing. I know Vince doesn't like losing. If you're Paul Levesque, because I've been told USA wouldn't mind to move to Wednesday, Tuesdays, but they're letting WWE do what they want because it's their it's their product. But if I'm paying that money, I don't want to be paying money for a second place for a second place show. No. What do you ultimately think happens? Does Vince McMahon and Paul Levesque be like, you know what? Maybe we should go to Tuesdays. Because at the end of the day, I think it would help. You're going to give NXT more viewers. And that's only going to help the talent. It's going to help the product. It's going to help them. Not even just talent. It's going to help the company as and that can make more money for them down the line. Definitely. You, and that's Yeah, that's where I see it where I see this going. And it's it's plain and simple. Just do it for the fans too. Because fans right now are being kind of happy. You have the diehard AEW, diehard WWE. You can't sit there and tell me like an AEW fan won't watch NXT on Tuesday just because he's just an AEW fan. If you don't want to watch NXT because you're a fan of the other one then you're not enjoying pro wrestling at it at its best. That's like saying, oh, I won't watch Raw because I love SmackDown. Just watch it. Enjoy it. And the biggest thing is AEW does their own stuff. And I'm not trying to be biased here, but you can tell that AEW does their own programming. Whereas WWE... They did the whole NXT to make it, oh, hey, let's hurt AEW. They're not leaving them alone. Give the fans what they want. Give them a chance to watch both shows. Benefit yourself. You'll get more viewers that way because NXT is an amazing product with amazing talent, with amazing storylines. Make Stop giving fans. Basically, you either watch them or you watch us because that's hurting your product when you have – a parking lot brawl that the best friends since Antenna Ortiz had, because that was amazing going up against, um, I forgot punishment. Martinez's name in uh, NXT Damian. Damian priest. And when you got Damian priest versus Timothy Thatcher, which was also great, but I'd rather see a parking lot brawl because that's more entertaining at the time. You're hurting your own talent by doing that. And then at the end of the day, Vince, being Vince, he's going to blame who? The talent for not being able to beat the other guys. When in reality, you should just have two different nights, two separate shows, 
give the fans what they want so everybody can maximize their opportunity. Stop trying to crush your company. Have basically benefit yourself, make yourself more money, give your talent more exposure by being in an entirely separate night. You can make the case, oh, they'll be on with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling doesn't hold a, a foot to anything that NXT has to offer. And Impact has a great product, but they will still not hold the candle to NXT. No, you're not wrong on that at all. It's great as Impact is doing. You know, don't get me wrong. I think what they're doing over there is some really good stuff. But no, yeah. you're exactly right on that. Um, I just don't think they're going to do it. That old man is so stubborn. And that's what I've been told. He's dead. Would show and we've and I said this. I don't know if you were on with me when I said this. It would be a sign of weakness of them going to Tuesday nights. It would be admitting defeat. And congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers winning Game One of the Conference Finals, one twenty six to one fourteen. Denver put up one fourteen. Holy cow, it's amazing. How about Denver? No, Denver could put up one fourteen. But if the Lakers Denver could beat the Clippers, I didn't think they could beat the Clippers either. Man, that was uh, down three one. Sounds like they may have been a little tired. If they're, but if the Lakers are going to score one twenty six. You're not beating the Lakers. I'm sorry, that's just not going to. That's not going to work on LeBron's watch. But let's um, be realistic here. Exactly. But back to what we were talking about here. But that would be conceding defeat. And knowing Vince McMahon, he doesn't handle defeat very well. <laughs> so he's gonna have to, or else he's gonna get keep getting crushed every week. Exactly. So we will see. But you wanted to talk about the match that everyone that Eva Lease and Thunder Rosa from Dynamite. What did you think? So I, I as soon as I texted you that, I went to, I went back to sh- just to see what happened. I was watching the match again, and it looks like, from what I saw and read, Thunder Rosa was, you know, doing her offense, and she takes pride in being the NWA champion, which she should. It's prestigious and it, and it carries a lot of weight. Apparently, Evelise was not selling to Thunder Rosa standards and they just went and shot at each other the rest of the match. And kudos to Link because I didn't notice that. In my opinion, that's something that's a good thing. If you're good not that you're going you're shooting on your fellow opponent, but the fact that you are able to make it work and still carry on the match without killing each other after that happened. And there's a lot of because they're building up to Kurushita and Thunder Rosa versus Ivelisse and Diamante next, I think it's next week. Next week, next week yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a big matchup. I just hope that they can get over, you know, whatever differences they have, because they shot at each other hard, hard. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, how did like how did they get away with this and still like manage to finish the match? And you know what? Kudos to both of them. But it was something that's like, hopefully it doesn't affect the matchup for next week. 
because I think that's a really good match to have, especially for a women's division that still is trying to find their their stride in AEW. I think this is something that could start moving them in the right direction. I know there's a lot of people pissed off at Evilies. She started shooting first. And Thunder Rose is an MMA fighter. So she handled herself just fine. And she was going to fight back. Um, and Belize does have a past of this. Like it happened in Lucha Underground. It happened in when she started in WWE. It has happened in the independence. It's, it, this is something that it's not, it's not, not out of her character. Like, like you said, it's not new. Yeah. So. She's not under a full-time deal. Well, neither is Thunder Rosa. But her and Diamante are not on full-time deals. They're still on a per-match basis with AEW. I know people that are not very happy with her. And I don't really blame them. Um, this was the talk of wrestling on Wednesday and Thursday. People, everyone, I, I talked to people in AEW and WWE. This was... This made its way to Orlando Wednesday night. They were watching. Put it that way. And I was a fan of it because I rewatched it back. Me and you talked about it. I rewatched it while I was eating dinner. And man, they were going hard. Evil D started it. And Thunder Rose, they, they, they kept going. And it made it a fun match, though, I thought. It was good yeah. to see. And I know AEW wasn't that pissed because they're bringing them back. Um, hopefully we just don't see more of this. No. If we do, this hopefully it doesn't go too far. It is what I hope happens. Okay. Yeah, and so it's like, you mentioned, like you mentioned, it made the match more entertaining. And I'm not saying, hey, let's let's just shoot on each other for the rest of the year. But it's like stuff like that. Like people are trying to make wrestling as realistic as possible. That gives you an edge. But recognize that now that you got the fans' attention, make it into a storyline, but don't get carried away. Because that's no. that's shit that can get your you know cost you your job. And your reputation among the wrestling business. You can see, anybody remember, um, she was in Lucia Underground, got a deep heat against Rosemary in AAA. Sexy Star. Yes. Sexy Star was a great worker. She was a, a Lucia Underground champion. And now is blackballed from the entire wrestling industry because she shot, purposely broke Rosemary's arm. No, Nowhere to be seen. Now she's boxing. Fact. Think about that for a second. No Boxing one really knows. That. That's a very good point. No one knows that either. No. No, no one really pays attention to that. All right, let's get let's get hopefully we don't get too much of that more. I do agree. All right, let's start. Got tons, but we're gonna bounce around a little bit here. Richard McPhee, more Sammy Zayn, and like and screwing Otis is weak. Daryl, you brought that up. You are spot on on that one, Richard. I'm going from Richard. Bailey and Sasha is built so good. I'm not a huge women's wrestling fan, but they hit it out of the ballpark. They sure have. Yeah. You know, 
it's the one thing I'm glad they're doing is more investing in this women's division. It's a good thing that they're doing. Do you don't, and that's the problem. You don't get that enough. Women's wrestling doesn't deserve to get shit on all the time, you know. And it's good to see that they're so invested here. Not just this storyline, the Alexa Bliss storyline as well. What they're doing with Baszler and uh, Nia, I as much as I know people don't like them, I think what they're doing is good. I like that, you know. Right, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan game back. like they're creating angles for these women that are making sense. Yeah, and they're not insulting our intelligence. What they've been doing, I think, with this is well done. I agree with you here, Richard. Like, I never use, and I'll admit this. I never used to be the biggest fan of women's wrestling. I thought because they, it was always treated, and you know this, Daryl. It was treated as the redheaded stepchild of pro wrestling. They would go for a minute. Yeah, they were good for the, a minute and bra and panties. Now, more often than not, the women's matches are the best matches on the damn show, and that's a great thing to see. Definitely, and it's it's you can see it in any company. You see it in WWE. You see it in, like, AEW starting to pick up steam there. You see it in Impact. Impact, they had Tessa Blanchard be the world champion. Exactly. Not the women's world champion. The overall world champion. The world's heavyweight champion. The most over talent in that entire company at one point. All I'm going to say is we're going to be hearing Tessa Blanchard news very soon. That's all I'm going to say. We'll talk after. I'm not even telling you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You mean? I'm kidding. We'll talk about it after. Richard Heyman gives the angle more polish and Reigns is an awesome heel, much better heel than a babyface. Most talent is. Most talent (laughs) is a better heel than a babyface. It's easier to get booed than to get cheered. You know, you know what the sad part is? What? It should not be like that. It Wrestling fans are weird, man. Like <laughs> Wrestling fans are weird, my man. They're the best no, fans I, ever, but they're weird. And I always say this: is I was on, I was on an ESPN affiliate last night in Houston. The shock to me, yes. Usually we're not allowed to do ESPN radio, but ESPN invited me. They, they invited me on. I went on. We talked some pro wrestling. And I'm like, I'm like, this is great. They're like, and I was asked a question of like, like which fan base is more passionate? And I said, without a doubt. And I always think I get asked this question a lot when I do radio spots. Uh, the pro wrestling fan is the most passionate fan in combat sports. He's and so it's not even close. No. It is so amazing. Like, I look at, because I'm big in the numbers, and I look at, like, our traffic at zone and Sporting News for combat, and I'll look at, like, our stuff for podcasts and everything, and it's like, it just blows my mind away of how invested the pro wrestling fan is. It, it, it's. I think it's great. You guys are amazing. You guys are fantastic. You know, it's... And I give it a ton of credit. 
You know, I've never seen a. F- I get more wrestling questions, Daryl, than I do MMA or boxing questions. More often than not. And you can you can I, call it you can call it controlling the narrative. Vince McMahon said it best at one point. You you can create superstar, you can create characters people invest in if you control the narrative. And I'm not saying that UFC should start controlling the nav- narrative by any ways, but that's where they struggle to build superstars. People kind of get invested in a fighter, and one bad loss can just derail the entire career. Exactly. And then you're looking for a new guy. Exactly. All right, another question from Richard. Reigns had X-Pac heat as a face, and now I'm digging Reigns. I'm shocked I'm saying that. So Richard? Richard's not the first. I've been getting that. I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and everything and, and Instagram making that same comment of the X Pac. I talk. I remember talking to X Pac about that a couple of years ago, and he chuckled. He's like, "You're not." Wrong. He admitted he's like, "You're not wrong." He's <laughs> like, "He's like, he definitely has my type of heat, and not in a good way." So it's. But no, that's a no, that's a very good assessment. All right, Matt, let's see. Matt Ward. I have a theory on this match. What if Jimmy Uso cost Shay the match? Because the Usos have hinted on breaking up for single turns. Whoo! Huh. That's interesting. I never even thought. I would be so freaking down for that. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it did, no. I'm going to be realistic about it because I would love to see an Uso versus Uso match. I think that would be awesome, but I'm going to be realistic. I don't see either of them as singles players at all. And I hate saying it because I think Jey Uso's done a great job in the past two, three weeks. But it's just, you can't see the Usos as anything other than a tag team. And that's just how they've been booked. And it, it's, they're a tag team. Every, you can't see them out of it. At least I can. Okay. Drew McPhee, Reigns deserve respect. Him and Heyman are gold. I, him, they've been, they're a big part. And to me, I think, them and then Bailey and Banks are the reasons why SmackDown's ratings have been up. You give people a reason to want to watch every week, people will watch. You give compelling characters and compelling stories, people will watch. Look at what's going on on SmackDown. The ratings have been going up the last four weeks. And those four pl- people are the reason why. Now, they got a problem on Mondays because they got to deal with Monday Night Football, and we're all in a lot of trouble. They're going back to Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. Oh, dear Lord. I was about to ram my head. I was about to throw my pillow at my 65-inch TV. It's hanging on my beautiful brick wall in my living room. I was pretty pissed. I was that mad. Like, what are we doing? Doing this again, D.Y. Why? Why, oh, why, oh, why? I couldn't even tell you why. 
It's so much. It's stupid. It's it makes me want to cry. That's all I'm gonna say. Richard, I expect Heyman's facials at Clash of Champions will be great and add drama. I think WWE will book some screwy finish. I think a screwy finish would be a horrible idea. Great. Heyman's facials are amazing. I, now Paul's definitely gonna do going to do that. But I think a screwy finish, I don't know what you think, Daryl, but a screw job finish only would knock down would knock down Roman and knock down his credibility. Nope. Agreed. This is Roman's first title defense. He should look you have to book him as hey, I'm beating someone's ass and that's it. Wreck and leave. That's all you have to do on Sunday. Wreck Jey Uso and leave. You had a chance to make this two-month program. You only make give it two weeks. These are the consequences. You can only go. You can't. You can't have a screwy finish because then you you you're taking priority in making Uso look stronger than Roman Reigns. Is that that's not your priority here? No, your the priority is to make Roman Reigns the badass heel. Yep, that's the objective here. Now, Richard has a counterpoint in this. This is interesting. They could book a fluke win for Uso and have him lose his first defense on SmackDown to Papa Fox rating be a transitional champion. Not a fan. No. Like I can see where he's going with it, but it's just not some it's just not something that you should do this early in his reign. If this was November, December. Okay, I can, I can be on that path. But less than a month in, no, I can't. I can't go that first title. Like I agree with you, Daryl. First title defense, you can't go that route. No. All right, Richard. Somewhere down the line, I see Lesnar coming back, and they tease Rain Lesnar reigns tension, but they form a superpower stable. Eventual Heyman turns on Lesnar, shocking angle. I've seen the Heyman turning on Lesnar thing before. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. But that was eight, almost eighteen years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again, just because it's it's a bigger shock factor. Back then, you can still everybody knew. Oh, Lesnar's gonna be. They're making him a baby. Yeah, the big baby face. Nowadays, people can't see Lesnar's baby face. Everybody knows too much about him. Everybody knows that he hates people. He probably hates you. He doesn't even know you, and he hates you. I will admit, the one time I did a one-on-one with Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar could not have been a better human being. And I remember saying when we were – we had – did about 15 minutes the UFC gave me. And I and I remember we were done, the camera was off, and I go, you know what? I'm like, I had heard so many mean things about you. And he's like, really? And he like said in this growly tone, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, people said you were people you weren't very nice. And I'm like, he's like, well, what do you think of me now? And I'm like, I always thought you were great. I'm like, I can get why you don't like being interviewed. And I'm like, you know, I'm like you're a reclusive guy and 
you'd rather be on the farm and in the tractor and you just you'd rather just show up to fight not do no media pound someone's face in and walk off and collect your check and walk off into the sunset he's like you get me pretty well and i'm like well thank you he's like well, this was a good interview and i'm like i was shocked so my warning you f5 you on the table and called it a day I was so shocked because it was before, and then I figured out why. Because then he retired after the fight. It was when he lost to Overeem. I'm like, son of a bitch! You were gonna, he was gonna leave anyway. So he, he was, of course, he was gonna be nice. Freaking got me. But it was still fun. My one Brock Lesnar experience, I have to admit, it was very fun. I'm not gonna lie. He can be a snarly guy, though. He definitely. Let's see. They say Sheamus only got his push because he was Triple H's workout buddy. That is 100% true. That is not a... But to Sheamus' credit, and I don't want to sit here and just being like, I'm, I'm not Sheamus' best. Sheamus is talented. Even at that time. Very talented. He was green. But he turned into a really good worker. I and I'll admit that. I think he's a great worker. But he's at this stage of the game now to where it's – I don't need to see him in the main event picture. I want to see – I want to see new talent get opportunities. Yeah. That's all I want to see now in wrestling. I want to – unless you're an established talent that people can buy into and you have credibility, I don't think Seamus has that. We talked about Bruce Pritchard earlier. McPhee, Bruce Pritchard, book quick title changes and impact with James Storm. James Storm losing to Bobby Roode and Bully Ray losing to Chris Saban. So a JU slash win could possibly happen, but he loses the first title defense. I try to block out Bruce Pritchard's unceremoniously, his, unce- his I don't want to say unceremoniously, his unfortunate run in impact. I try to block a lot of that. That was like the Hogan regime. Oh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. But James Storm's now a free agent. Where does James Storm go? Does he go to AEW or does he now go to NXT? Or does he go to Impact? I would like to see him back in Impact, personally. You know what? I have this feeling he may. I wouldn't mind that. I know he's still on good terms with WWE when he had that short stint in NXT. I know WWE would be interested. Um, I agree with you, though. I let's think recreate impact. beer money. Let's, have, let's make it a thing. But you need Bobby Roode to get out of WWE. And Bobby Roode is right now still stuck in Canada. Oh, no, I'm saying make beer money somehow in WWE. That I can get behind. I, I don't think I don't think they'll be as good as they were in an impact, but I can only dream. We can only dream, but WWE would somehow screw. Oh yeah, I just They're curb stomp it to the grip. But, but with Paul Levesque, maybe not. I do have faith in Paul Levesque, so if they get put in NXT, I could be cool with that because I think that Paul Levesque would see see the value in it and not just crush it like a book. I'm at the point where I don't, I don't want to see any NXT superstars going to either Raw or SmackDown. I just want to see them stay. Like, don't go. 
You're I see gonna. what the other side looks like. <laughs> you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get that lucky. The camera angle stuff with the attack from behind was first rate. Oh my god, the that attack was great. The camera work, and that wasn't given enough credit either. And that's a great point. The camera work on that sneak attack was amazing. That's the one time Kevin Dunn and his production team did and his team did something good tonight. Instead of missing Jey Uso's splash off the barricade, which is horrible. But, no, that's a very good point. You mean the same production crew that missed Edge's first beer back in oh, 10 years? You <laughs> went back shit crazy when that happened. Bailey pulled Matt Ward. Bailey pulled a Latino heat when she sat in the chair like Eddie did when he attacked her. Good little nuance there, because Sasha Banks is a huge Eddie Guerrero fan. So th- that's a very good point there. Well, man, you guys are some smart people here. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Great, great job, guys. All these comments tonight. Yeah. Their feud has been built like a WrestleMania program. We discussed that already. Matt Ward, Sasha versus Bailey Helena. Cell. We talked about this earlier. If they, they and then we said this before. You can't blow your load on the first shot in the first big match. Yeah. I hate I hate how the pay-per-views are now gimmick matches. I hate that. How does Sal lost its mystique so hard just because of that? Like you could have had it's like, oh hey, WrestleMania Hell in a Cell match. Now we're cooking. But you had to make it a pay-per-view in itself and kill the entire fucking match. Why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm bitter about it. <laughs> I can never be surprised in anything this company does. I can't. They will probably do it. Sasha will be gone because she has to promote Star Wars for Disney+. Plus. Great she, for her, by the way. Oh, my God. Do you see the trailer? The trailer is awesome. Awesome stuff, yeah. She's going to be on season two in The Mandalorian. Her and Gina Carano on the same show. Did we lose lose him? I think we lost Steve. What? (laughs) Stevie. Stevie, buddy, you right? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. There he is. Who would you rather sleep with? Sasha Banks or Gina Carano? I say Sasha Banks. I'm picking both. You can't pick both. No bullshit. You got to pick one. I want a threesome, damn it. No, you get one. That's it. So that's a that's that's a scapegoat. No, you got to pick one. Okay, I got to pick one. You're putting. If I had to pick one, I would go with. I would go Gina Carano. It's a hard one. There's no wrong choice there. It's a oh my god! It's a hard one. It is a hard. I, it is very, very hard. All right, let's see. 
Miz and Richard McPhee, Miz and Morrison, so corny. And that sucks because those two together used to be funny. Now, horrid. Absolutely terrible. They're trying to get people behind. They're trying to get people behind Otis by Fields doing the opposite, leading him to burial. Someone agrees with you, Daryl. Richard agrees with you, and they're killing off poor Otis. It is a shame, and it is a tragedy. Now, here is a, a very good statement here. Otis is turning into the next Damian Sandow cash-in. I feel this only hurts Otis. Jocelyn straight to the mid-card. This is a very good point here. I think this is definitely going to turn into a Damian Sandow situation. I pray to God, excuse me, I pray to God that we are wrong, but I have a feeling, Daryl, that's what's going to end up happening. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Because they can't. Damn shame. It's WWE at its finest. They can't, they can never learn from their past mistakes. Never. Matt Ward shots fired at Ryder because that was a game he did on his show. I'm confused. Uh, he's talking about the uh, the know your bro. Oh, I, I don't even know. You know what he's talking about? Because I I didn't know Zach Ryder did that. Uh, it was I think it was an internet thing. <laughs> On the uh, Long Island uh, show. Oh, Long, Long Island. Long Island Z, yeah. More Sami Zayn. Is, as much as I hear he is a MAGA, he gets people talking. He's a magnet. Um, yeah. Sami Zayn's been great since his return. I might give Sami Zayn a ton of credit. He had just, he was getting a he was getting a good push. He was getting he was getting some traction, and then with COVID, he's like, I'm bouncing. I don't want to be around this bad environment. I'm going back home. I give him a ton of credit because he, I give the guys that did that, guys and girls, a ton of credit. Because they said, screw you. I'm going to be safe with my family. Yeah, yeah and they, he, it was a risk. WWE is very vindictive. But you know what? I give Sammy a ton of credit. He's a great character. He was on a good run. He came back and he's getting put in. He's still being kept in a good spot for now. So, but no, everything Sammy's done since he returned has been very well. Richard, I'm not digging Nikki Cross. Her ring work is good, just not a fan of the odd, crazy gimmick. I mean, I like Nikki Cross. I like, I like the gimmick. I like the gimmick because it was it stemmed from the sanity. That's what people often forget. Nikki Cross came with yeah. sanity and. She's the only thing that was left of that. And, I mean, it worked for her. It got her over. She stuck with it. And I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't hate her. Uh, I don't hate her character at any point. No, not at all. all right, I've, Richard, I find Lacey Evans' in-ring work sloppy. Not You're wrong. not wrong. And... That's the part that's really – she hasn't progressed. She's very good on the mic. 
just her in-ring work is still so far behind. And I don't, this is a situation of where a talent that was brought up way, way, way too soon and then got the monster push right away. That should have been a situation of where they should have kept her in NXT and let her get more time. There was no need to bring her up that soon. Because now she's still paying for it and she's still very behind. Her getting going back to NXT, I don't think Daryl would be the worst thing in the world at this point. No, and there's a lot of, it's a long list of talent that if that happened, it wouldn't be the worst for them either. No, not at all. A long list of talent could benefit from a, a stint in NXT. Look at what it's doing for uh, Rizango. Oh, my God, yeah. It's done wonders for Tyler Breeze and Fandangle, I think. Look what it's done for Finn Balor. Finn Balor's got a new lease on life. He's yep. beyond happy from what I've been told that he is back. <laughs> There's a lot of talent that wishes they can go back. I'll put it that way. I wouldn't mind seeing KO back down there. Not the only one. All right. I bet he's one one of them too. <laughs> like the bliss is underrated. Great. That's not a good statement. Absolutely. I and you bro, you said it perfectly with everything going on right now in the women's division. She's but she's and this is the thing we gave them credit for earlier. They're putting them in a good storyline. They're putting all the key women in storylines and giving them a purpose. And Alexa's going to get that time again. I don't know when, but she's going to be put and she's going to be put in a very big spot here pretty, pretty soon, it seems like. So, but no, the she only, is under. The only, the only thing that worries me is that this is going to be the old song and dance where the monster gets feelings for the pretty girl and then he doesn't become a monster anymore and then it kills the entire character. Kane circa 2004. <laughs> Fuck. Hamish should never have been fired from creative. Seems like there where there's a lot of jealousy of guys in the back that are not like the guys Heyman was pushing. That is very true. That is not wrong. Um, Look at what's happened to Aleister Black. Look at what's happening to Andrade. You know, AOP got here. Um, I don't know why he was such a smart guy and I still don't know what the whole reasoning is of Vince getting rid of him as the head of the being the executive director of raw. I know everyone's been very, very, very tight lipped on that situation. So yeah. I think he, I know the people at USA were really high on what he was doing as it was pushing younger talent and building for the future instead of going back to the old song and dance. And USA is still not happy from the last I was told when I last asked about it. No, they should be. Here's a good one. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly. Terrible. You're damn right, Richard. She's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Kelly Kelly's fine as hell. And Kelly Kelly can ride the train on the Steve Mulehausen Express. But I don't want to see her ass in the ring. 
Unless she's never. Please, please put the next one. The next one. <laughs> Kelly Kelly is pure DNA. Nothing more. God, nothing more. God awful marine dream man would be Kelly Kelly versus Eva Marie. That would be epic. Doesn't that sound like the biggest train wreck in the world? <laughs> you know what? Richard's not wrong. Richard's not wrong in the manner that's all she is. Um, Kelly Kelly and Eva Marie? Sign me up. Oh, God. Sign me up. Let's get a pool. Now, now, listen. Let's get a pool. And let's get some pudding. You know, that's like, it, it's not going to happen in 2020. I can tell you that right now. Kelly Kelly versus Eva Marie would be Botchmania 101. I will give Eva, I'll give Eva Marie credit. She's doing some good shit in Hollywood. Good for her, yeah. She's doing really good stuff in Hollywood. And that's, she's transitioned to that very well. Good for her. Stay out of wrestling. Matt Ward, Santana, and Ortiz versus Best Friends parking lot brawl was awesome. That Matt Ward, you are correct. That the <laughs> that was that capped off what I thought was the best. And I re, and I watched Dynamite yesterday. I watched it last night. That was the best Dynamite in a while. Dynamite, the AEW just keeps churning out great Dynamites. But that Matt, that main event, I'm glad that it got the headline. Because that was worth the headlining spot. I was a little concerned they were like, oh, man, this is the headlining spot. This is going to suck. But they delivered, man. That was awesome. They delivered. The match was fantastic. The ending was really good. I have no problems with them doing that. I thought Trim- that was I thought that was great. Tremperetta flipping off the camera. It's just, it's just great stuff. It's the little things, man. It's the little things. Little things, man. Had his mom's car. Had the minivan. Hey, it was all freaking good, baby. <laughs> okay. I'm going to post this, and I've got, I'm, there's a reason I am going to. Because I'm going to defend this. Dave Meltzer is a biased AEW guy. He rides AEW's dick so hard, he must be on the payroll. Okay. I don't say this just because I'm friends with Dave. Um, I say this because I it, I know it's wrong. Um, he's not on the payroll. Dave has a certain type that he likes about wrestling. And that's okay. He praises a lot of WWE. He's also critical of AEW. Um. And I got to send you those logins so you can listen to those podcasts and you can listen, uh, read the newsletters and, and everything like that. And prepare for our special show next week, Mr. Rivera. I will do that tomorrow morning. Um, Dave does get a lot of flight because Dave is the m- most notable wrestling journalist and he is the godfather of combat sports journalism. He really is. Um, where comes 
more notoriety becomes with more responsibility. And Dave gets stuff wrong. I get stuff wrong. We, journalism's a hard job. We will admit when we do something wrong. We make mistakes. We do our best to correct them. Does he show maybe more of a bias? I really honestly don't think so. There's times where he will, but he, his reasoning, he he doesn't just come out and be blunt, and then he, but then he just goes forward. He'll defend why, and he'll give his reasons why. And I respect that. It's not just a straight, pure bias. He'll say when they do something shitty. He'll say when they do something wrong. Same thing with WWE. Same thing with New Japan. And the same thing with Impact, Ring of Honor, and anything going on in MMA and or boxing. So I wanted to read that because I Dave Dave does give Dave gets a lot of flack for that. Yeah, you're impartial, Steve. But Malta's relationship with Omega and you know, Bucks makes him look unprofessional. You know, I'm not. He does have a relationship with those guys. I know he does. I have relationships with some people. I keep it very distant. You know, Dave went. Dave's got a journalism degree. Dave has a. Dave was originally in newspapers. For people that don't know, he he was a news a newspaper writer. He was a sports writer, and. You know, our job, and I taught you this, and I was taught this day one at Columbia. One thing is you don't plagiarize. Second rule, you have to be impartial to the sub, to what you're covering. It's not hard. And you cultivate relationships. And I got relationships with people in UFC. I got relationships with people in AEW. I got relationships with people in WWE. I have relationships with people in TNA. And I have some relationships in Ring of, with people in Ring of Honor. But it doesn't preclude me from being critical. And I will be critical. Now, you write pieces. You know, I write more features. You know, I'll, I write news stuff for Sporting News and zone, But I, I write mainly... I wrote a good feature that's up with Col- with uh, Colby Covington, and the feature was based around him saying he wants doesn't care about the title. He wants after Tyron Woodley, he wants Jorge Masvidal. He views these those two fights as bigger fights than the title, and I commend him for that. It was a different, and I put it beginning. It was a different Colby Covington than I interviewed. I think Colby Covington is a loudmouth. I think he's obnoxious. But I also can put that bias aside, that not bias, but those feelings I have, how I think about him personally, because I think he's a fantastic fighter. He's a very good fighter. You don't become a world champion by being a shit fighter. He's become an attraction. Yes, and I said it, and the preview show is up. I do go into Colby Covington. I go into Tyron Woodley. For as loud of his mouth as Colby Covington has, I did notice a different tune in him during the interview I did with him on Wednesday. And the audio of that will be up tomorrow morning. You guys can listen to yourselves. He goes into old Obi, old Colby, in a few spots. And I chuckled because it was funny. I have no problem expressing my feelings. I laughed. We talked about Donald Trump. We talked that he... 
said some, der- he said some derogatory about Tyron Woodley. He said derogatory stuff about Jorge Masvidal. But it was a different tone from Colby Covington than we're used to hearing. Being impartial is the biggest thing about this job. It is. You can't have a bias. It's hard. Because I was a fan first. You were a fan first, Daryl. We get into this because we were, were fans. But the journalism ha- does have to come on. Yep. You know, and I do appreciate that, Richard. That does mean a lot. But that's off of that soapbox. Not soapbox, but I don't like talking about myself. AEW Dark on YouTube is good too. Daryl, do you watch any AEW Dark? I really have not been able to get into that. And I want to so bad. Occasionally, when I see like a name that I recognize, you know, that I've seen in the Indies and stuff like that, um, I should be watching it more because it's a good showcase for for talent that's not very well known. Like they get good exposure, you can see what they can do in the ring, and it gives them that platform. Like Brian Pillman Jr. is one of the guys that I've been recently like paying attention to. He got oh, a couple he's... matches in AEW Dark. What do you think of him? Do you think like, he can be? Do you think he has a chance to be main event, or do you think, or do you think he's kind of going to be like mid card, upper mid card, or do you, or is it still really too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell. I like him. He's young. He's learning at his talent level right now. He's a mid carder, but he has potential to be a main event guy. I think so. Like he, in my opinion, he has the charisma to do it, and he has the ability to. Like I saw him live at Cicero Stadium against Low Key, and that guy can sell. He can sell like nobody's business. And honestly, like I saw him, and I became a fan. I'm like, listen, I like this guy. I'm gonna follow him and see where he goes from here. Now his situation is from what I've been told is that he still has a deal with MLW, but MLW is letting him do per shot deals with uh, AEW. So we will be seeing him. MB is going to be taping in a couple weeks out on the East coast. And you'll be able to see those shows at the beginning of November on the zone. A little cheap plug out there and cheap <laughs> plug. Interviews coming up with some MLW people and pro wrestling people and MMA people. How about how about uh the parks all in MLW? LA Park, LA, LA Park Jr. That was awesome news today. Love it. They've been trying that one for a while. They've been trying to get Junior in, and they were able to get him in. I think that's a that's a nice signing. That really is. And the Royal so families cool. together. Love it. Here's a good one here. From Tayshawn Smith, The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37. Take my money. Now, this now this was teased by Roman Reigns when they announced last year they were going to Los Angeles for WrestleMania 37. Obviously, things have changed in the world. If there are fans a lot, and then this is, I don't know anything. I haven't asked, and I can ask this, actually. I would think this would not happen if there's no fans. 
I think if there are fans, you will see this match. I don't know at WrestleMania 37. I have a different idea for Roman Reigns for WrestleMania 37. But if Dwayne is available, and I don't know if he's going to be now with everything going on, and his stuff's been getting pushed back, and he's back to filming that Netflix movie, which he and Ryan Reynolds had a shit ton of money, and good for them. If he's got the time, I think this match happens only if there's fans. Are you of that same sentiment, or do you think fans or no fans, this match is going to happen at this year's WrestleMania? The Rock, when you when you hear The Rock, you hear the, the roar of the crowd. He's one of those guys that you have to watch, especially at this time of his career. He's a one-match attraction per year. You have to have fans. Without fans, it's not the same. Without fans, you, especially of a guy that hasn't wrestled, his last match was when? 2015? Uh, if I remember correctly. Well, if we're going to count the match with Eric Rowan, then 2016. Then 2016, yeah. But it's like the Rock can probably train his, because the guy trains his ass off every, every day. He could probably get an in-ring shape, but at the same time, when you have no fans, a lot of that stuff gets exposed. You get the rock, you need fans in the stadium. I Part agree with that. I hate agreeing with you, but yeah. We've been, yeah. <laughs> Is Impact trying to work with AEW? Yes. They've had conversations. Not in a while. But I know last year they were they were talking. As of recently, no. I know Impact's wanted to work with them. But as of right now, no. Right now, but AEW is open to working with everybody. Ring of Honor, New Japan, they are working with the NWA. But they're, they're trying. They want to. The AEW has this philosophy of that we'll work with anybody. But we'll see. I hope they eventually agree to work with New Japan. I think that's just best for all parties. But we'll see what happens. And we'll end with this. 2K Battleground. I was wondering if someone was going to bring this up. Hinted at Tessa, the signing of Tessa Blanchard. Now, here's the latest on this situation. In the game, there was a... They took a old press photo the Impact had of Tessa Blanchard. And they put that into the game. Now, they didn't credit the, the photographer. The photographer brought it up on Twitter today. He's pretty pissed. And I don't really blame him. Nope. Um... All I know about Tessa Blanchard at this point of the game is she will be signing with either AEW or WWE. I have a good feeling where she's going to go. It's going to be a great spot for her. Wherever she ends up, she's a once-in-a-generational talent. In terms of female wrestling, she really is. 
And that is about as much as I know. I she's gonna she's gonna be somewhere very she's gonna be with I'll put it this way. She will be somewhere soon. How soon I'm I don't actually know, but she will be somewhere soon. Um what do you think Melina going back to well Emma Melina actually? Melina going back to WWE. I don't hate it. Nice nostalgic. We gotta see how she comes back. She was doing good stuff in the NWA. Oh, uh, yeah. Really good promos. She's always been yeah. a good promo. She could be a good, you know, a good mouthpiece for somebody like she like she used to be for Eminem. But we gotta Too bad Morrison's married. Her and Morrison can like rehook up and be interesting to see what she's going to do. And that was reported by PW Insider. Yeah. Her her return is imminent. They're saying looks in like the next week. Maybe, maybe she's going up next against Asuka. Maybe she Asuka's gonna go on this whole like 2005 Divas run where she's taking every single one of them down and ending at WrestleMania against Michelle McCool. And you know what? I don't hate yeah. that. I don't hate it either. Maybe we'll get some Tori Wilson along the way, maybe some Stacey Keebler. Swing better better. We did forget one. How about Moose calling out the demo god? On, calling out the demo god this week. See, I didn't see Impact yet, so I don't. Impact is Impact. I watch on Saturday mornings. Impact is like my Saturday morning. I like. I got like. I got like designated times for like my wrestling. Impact. I always watch on Saturdays, so I will. Richard, I can answer that question. Daryl, unless you know, did you watch Impact this week? I'd be lying if I told you I did. Okay, we'll have to. Richard, we will watch Impact, and then we will have an answer for you tomorrow night when we review the UFC show. So we will we will have an answer for you then. And we'll answer this one more before we hit, head out of here. Over to two hours. You guys are just bombarding with questions tonight. I love it. Melina manages Andrade while Zelina wrestles. I love that. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, Matt Ward. I don't hate it. I like it. I like it a lot. Good. I like that one. We'll end with that one because that was a good. That was a good comment. Very good, man. You guys bombarded us today with questions, comments. Love it. Thank you to everyone. A lot of people watching tonight it means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. You can find this on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club. It's as simple as that, guys. Watching via YouTube, or even if you're watching on Facebook, we have a YouTube, a YouTube channel. YouTube.com. I now have it. It's YouTube.com forward slash the Walkway to Fight Club. It's simple. Just hit the subscribe button. Like the video. You know, if you're watching on Facebook, even if you're watching on YouTube, got also this was on Facebook Live. It's simple. Give a reaction to the video. Follow the Walkway to Fight Club. And also like the page as well, facebook.com forward slash the walkway to fight club. Also on Twitter at walkway fight, on Instagram, walkway to fight club, all in lowercase letters. Daryl, where can the fans find you on social media? Uh, right here, dwaybodeagle21 on Twitter. And then on Instagram, Daryl17Rivera. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's all I got. Find me on Twitter at smealhousingjr. I am on Instagram 
I promise tomorrow. I have nothing going on tomorrow. I am going to sit in my underwear until I got to start work tomorrow at 4 o'clock. God, that's going to be a long UFC show. But the show is going to be awesome. It Esmiel House and MMA. The podcast is also going to be available in audio, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You guys have been listening. Keep subscribing, rate, review, download. I know I keep bugging you about this. It's very important you guys do that. Leave, Give us a five-star rating and tell us why we're good. If you're going to give us a star, one star, tell us why we're good. Always greatly appreciated. This will be up probably within the next hour. The Colby Covington interview will be up tomorrow morning and on YouTube only. And I'll, we'll pump out the link early tomorrow. I did a preview. Daryl was, was unable to do it, so I did it earlier this afternoon. Preview, UFC Vegas 11 or UFC Fight Night, whatever the hell you want to call it. Go in-depth on the main event, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley, and the co-main featuring Donald Cerrone and Nico Price. I give odds for both of those fights, who you should go with and why, and also give my main card predictions for the show. We will see you guys tomorrow night as we will recap the main card of the show. And anything else going on that happens in the next 24 hours in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. For the man on the right, Dale Rivera, I am Stephen Mielhausen. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Peace. We're out.